Welcome to the Child Free Wealth Podcast, hosted by Bree and Dr. J, Certified Financial Planner. Here we discuss life and finances as it relates to being child free. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your advisor before implementing any ideas heard on this podcast. Hey, Child Free Wealth listeners, we are back in the book club. And this one, Brie picked. So we're talking about who cooked Adam Smith's dinner. And it's by Katrin McCall, or how do you pronounce her name? I think it's Katrin Marcel. I messed it up, definitely. But here's the thing. I fought with this book nonstop. I've been fighting with this book for about a month. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't finish it. Like, I breezed through most of it. I fought with it. Bree, you picked this. I know. Help me. This was overly hyped. I saw it on Instagram. Somebody had suggested it and said it was really good. And now I'm like, oh, God, this was a terrible recommendation. Okay, so at least I'm not wrong. Like, okay, I mean, I, I love reading. Okay, in general, love reading. And this talks about history. I love history. It talks about finance. I like finance. It's talking about equity. I like that. Like the pieces together, I liked them like individually. But once, like I was reading a review of it, and it said like this is you know a book for a writer's writer. I'm like, no, I write books. This is not what I agree. Like, okay, I did read the reviews yesterday for listeners. We were talking about this, and I was like, I gotta try and finish it. So I was up till one a.m. last night, like forcing myself to finish this book. And as I read them, I like go through and write notes different things i have so many book titles written down here because every time there's a book i'll like write it down i think i just read more about book titles than anything in this in this it just it was very very hard to read i wanted to love it but i couldn't like i even went to the library last night to pick up another book and they had this one ready finally after you know i bought it and i handed it back to him i was like oh i don't need this one anymore and they're like oh this kind of looks good i'm like it's not that good (laughs) no so here's what we're going to do. We are going to pick apart this book. By the way, I think the author was trying to do the right thing. It's just like there's an execution problem with it is the way I feel. But there's a lot of interesting concepts in here I want to talk about around economics, around gender, around roles. But like the premise from the title, from what I thought we were talking about, was we we're going to talk about how men and women work in economies and how it fits and different things that are hidden there. And it kind of read more like, let's try to get fancy on talking about this stuff, but not make it accessible. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And it felt very choppy from chapter to chapter. It didn't feel like things flowed that well either. All right. So let, let's pull this apart. So it starts off talking about this concept of the economic man. And for those who haven't dove into a whole bunch of economic theories, Adam Smith kind of gets the credit for being the modern father of economics and the concepts. And I thought we were going to debate that in the book, but that really wasn't where it went. And this whole concept is that if you leave a person to be, they're going to do what's in their best interest. That's the bottom line. That's the whole economic theory and this whole economic man concept. Is that fair, Brie? Oh, for sure. It is like 100% economic man, looks out for himself, only goes after what he wants, doesn't care about other people, has no emotions. But that was, I don't know. It wanted to come across as going against that i don't think it did a great job of that though so this was 2015 at least what i'm seeing maybe it's just shifted that much in seven eight years i'm i'm struggling 
because I'm the white male in the in the crowd here. And I'm going, cool, if we're going to go down the feminist path, we're going to support women. This didn't do it. Mm-mm. I think it like swung way too far in the other direction and said, oh, well, people do these things out of love so much. It went from one extreme to the other, it felt like. Right. So so here's where it started. It starts off, started a whole bunch of discussion about Robinson Crusoe and, you know, what if you're on a desert island and blah, blah, blah. And maybe, you know, a lot of that, like, you're all out for yourself. You're probably right that that is like the classic finance bro approach, the chads of the world. And, and you know, like, it just, I, we, Bree and I have ongoing jokes about this. And I, I just. Brads and chads, as Taylor Swift would say. Like, I don't come out of the finance world. So maybe I'm just. I don't know. I'm not an alpha or whatever. You know, whatever their their thing is for this week. Okay, you watch these these folks on on the the influencers, and you know, or you know, that's not what the economy is now. Or the approach to economics. Yes, it is for some people. You know, yeah, you you want to watch the Wolf of Wall Street or something like that. Cool, that was a place. But like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being Pollyannish. That I'm like, that's not the whole story now. I think. There are people out there who are just very like self-interested and they're doing these things only for themselves. And there are people who do a lot more things out of love and care for others. But I think most people are somewhere in the middle. Well, it depends. If we're going to go to historic gender roles, which is really where this book goes. Yeah. All right. And by the way, we'll have a whole separate conversation because really they only had male and female in this book. I mean, like that's, Mm -hmm. you know. It's very binary. Yeah. Very classic gender roles. And- the people that kind of say, I want to go back to the good old times of the 50s and 60s. Okay, maybe. Okay, that's kind of where this was written from. But I'm like, we're not there now. Or maybe I'm just mm-hmm. not there. I don't know. Like, maybe my picture of the world is different. My wife and I embraced the, the Garden of Rose for years. And if you've listened to the podcast, other Garden of Roses, one's providing support and one is growing. I don't talk about gender in that because it doesn't matter. You know, I've done the cooking the entire time. Well, according to the book, that's something the women should do. Like, it just gets, I don't know. I, I'm, for, for you, those of you listening, I, I'm really struggling with this book. I tried hard on it and I feel like maybe I'm just missing something. This book, I don't think it was saying we should go back to that because we shouldn't. Like that no. was gross. I think it was trying to say that is how it was always raised. Women were completely discounted. The traditional domestic labor was completely discounted, not considered. The fact that, it, you know, my wife and I are embracing the garden of the rose and I do more of the domestic work. What does that mean in this author's eyesight? Because that's what I'm, you know, like, there's just these these norms that are there that I have trouble with. She's saying, like, that needs to be considered. She's not saying that, at least from what I took out of it, not saying that we should be going back to those. She's saying, hey, we need to recognize that domestic work is important, is valuable. And this whole notion that it is just free and easy to do is complete bullshit because it is. Well, I'm with you. But here's the thing. She is back in the, hey, we've got a couple, they're married, mixed gender, and they have kids. Mm-hmm. So the pronatalist bias, the I don't know what the term is for couple bias, but I mean, there probably is one that I don't know. Like, it's all built in there. And that doesn't match the world we're living in now. That's where, like, she's like, we, we need to measure it differently. And I, I'm with you, by the way. The, the whole concept of jobs, there's actually some really good data that if you want to get a further ahead in your job, you need to have a support role at home somehow. Whether you pay for them or it's a spouse or like there's just too much going on in life, you know, that just has to get done. The question of how does it get valued? How does it get measured? And then like, okay, if I'm everything she's saying, she never talks in there about 
what happens if you're single? Mm-mm. She talks about Florence Nightingale, which I don't think Florence Nightingale ever got married, but she doesn't talk about it in the fact of this was very much like, let's not discount that the work that women do. Let's not say that their jobs should be paid lower because they're quote unquote caring jobs. And this oh, one part, I wrote this down because it, it really kind of pissed me off a little bit. There was a section in there and it was when it was talking about Florence Nightingale, it said, nurses are noble and important, so it shouldn't pay. Yet the opposite logic is applied to, quote, men's work. It's important and should pay well. So it was talking about teachers and nurses and how those are, quote, unquote, caring jobs. They're typically women because women were taught to be in those positions. And now, yes, things are changing, which is good. But she's talking about how, like, this really hadn't changed yet. And women are paid lower. And just those jobs in general are paid lower. Which is not true right now, because I'll tell you right now, nurses after COVID have, many of them have gotten more respect, more money, more time. I mean, there's been a, a huge shift. Um, I would be careful about that. There are places where they are very not treated well, and I've seen that. Oh, I didn't say treat. So, I meant money, like, like, you know, like. Treated and money, though. Those can go together. Well, it's still, yeah. Then you'll have people that are doctors saying the same thing. They are being tra- There's a whole healthcare problem. Okay, that's a separate, like, we're yes. not going to, we're not going to answer that problem. What I'm struggling with is if the argument of the book, which was pretty consistent about we need to value the other work, then we're still saying there's gender roles around it. Yes, there is still gender roles considered. But have you seen the trad wife movement? Yes. Yeah, that is a big thing. Like even how I grew up was very traditional like that. And I'm 26 years old. Like I know as soon as I go back, whenever I visit, I'm going to be put in that very gendered role. I'm the one cooking. I'm the one cleaning. I'm doing all of that. So to then say, you know, well, this isn't happening anymore. It's still happening. It's not right that it's happening, but it is still happening. It needs to be valid. It needs to be respected. And it doesn't matter what gender should be doing it because men and women and non-binary people, everybody is equally capable of doing this work. I'm with you and it should be respected and it should be appreciated. What I challenge is... She's trying to push the discussion, but it feels like it's pushing too much back towards the traditional roles and expectations. And I'll tell you, my lens, the whole, you got to procreate and have kids and that's part of it. Like that was pretty strong in here. And that's where I started. Okay. You said that. And I was like trying to go through, I was like, I did not really see that. Like, Oh, see, this is where you go in the beginning on the, on the foundational components. She's talking about, Hey, as soon as a woman asked that is getting pregnant, it would impact their work. And it was an expectation that's built in there. This is that lens you look through it. And that just might be my lens. I, I don't call that out. Yeah. I think you tend to pick up those things more than I do. And I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, I recognize that there are things and it doesn't really, I don't know, it doesn't really get me as upset as it does. It, it, that's okay. Like my problem with this book is, I, by the way, I think the economy's messed up. This constant growth concept, not good. This idea that we're all in it for ourselves, I don't agree. Like, there's core principles of economics I don't agree with, and I don't know if they all apply or they're real or not. And should we all have equal roles, be able to manage, you know, be respected? I 100% agree on all of that. It was just the way it was approached in this book that I had issues with. And I'm still struggling to put my finger on it. The whole thing felt like it was trying to get to a point, and I do think it did bring a point, but it doesn't really... It was trying to push this idea that people are motivated by love and love alone and not self-interest. I think that both things can be true. And I I don't think 
that it did a good job of showing that. And instead, it was just like, well, if everything's by love, we should all value that the same. But I don't even agree with that basic premise. So let's play this out. Then maybe the issue here is the fact that it was really cast as a binary decision. Economic man and loving woman. I mean, I'm I'm simplifying, but that's kind of where she went. Yep. And maybe it is just like gender and just like many things in life. It's much more of a spectrum, much more of a sliding scale, much more of a gray than a black and white. I, I would read a chapter and like my head would hurt and I would st- like my ADD would start acting up because I just want to do something else. Like I was fighting it. And maybe that is it. Dialectic thinking that it has to be one or the other. I Yeah, that is the big thing that I got out of it was it really felt like it was trying to push this idea that it had to be one or the other. I was like, it doesn't have to be. Everybody is capable of doing domestic work. Everybody is capable of working different jobs. And the idea that we're only in our jobs and doing those things out of love. Well, no, absolutely not. I don't know anybody who's only doing their job because of love. There are some people who maybe are like, yeah, I'm working to fund whatever, but that is not because they inherently just love their job. If they're working to fund a specific idea, we even talk through this with clients. We'll say, okay, you want to keep working when you can retire? Then we need to say your work is paying for whatever else or helping donate to whatever else. It's not just love, and it's also not just the self-interest of getting more money. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the lens we look through the world does color it. It's the rose-colored glasses or whatever you want to call it. And I just, I would like to take the premise of this book. Maybe this should be Bree's homework. Take the premise of the book and flesh it out as a true reflection of the wide variety of people. And we can talk about how economics is not helping certain groups and how it advantages others and how we need to measure it differently or, or respect it differently, but it's more of a gradient. Mm-hmm. I'm all for all the history in there, like all the discussion, like good stuff. But like, I don't know, maybe this is like almost like something on social media where like they're saying it black and white so people fight it. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And I think there are just so many different things and different references. And she's like, well, this part from this section, it almost felt like you felt like a book with a homework assignment. Like, oh, you need to go read all these other things, too. So let's bring this out to investing for a second. So if we follow the theories of where they're going here, economic man is all about what's in their best self-interest. Well, then is it in people's best interest to invest in ESG funds? Or is that a loving thing to give back to the environment and you know, Mother, Mother Earth and everything she, she was talking about in there? It's both. It's not black and white. Exactly. And I don't know. Like I, Anyone listening to this, I want you to make a better suggestion of a book that talks about economics and gender and, and roles as a gradient. Maybe there's one out there. With more nuance, let's call it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm 100% behind that concept. It's just the way it was presented. And maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. I, I think it's just very different because, like, your relationship is just basically flipped gender roles, essentially. Whereas mine, like, we're two women, but there are definitely gender roles still play into things. And I handle a lot of the domestic work, but also we hire out some of it, too, because we want to advance in our careers and we need that support. So we pay for help. But yet 
I grew up in this very traditional sense. And I know that I get that. And like, I can tell you right now that guess what grandchild was washing dishes and drying them after eating? The other ones were outside doing whatever. But I was the one doing that. That is just, it's so, so different. And I think that plays a big part. But yeah, this was very binary. Like even the cover, well, my cover anyway, yep. was woman, woman with pink background, man with a blue background and just split straight down the middle. That is not the world we live in. And so while I think it tried to do good things, it just swung way too far. I'm not even sure if it swung way too far. It was just the way it was presented in my mind. Well, yeah, this was the swinging from like strictly economic man to, oh, it's all about love. I don't think it is. I don't know. The fun part of this is you kind of have to read books like this and then fight with them. It is a lovely opportunity. And it makes you kind of question, why are you fighting with it? Which is good. Would I encourage someone to buy this and read it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's a homework assignment for, like, if, if this was an academic homework assignment, yeah, maybe. Okay, you know, we could have a good debate. But, like, uh, what are you going to give it on your five-star list there, Brie? I gave it a three. I was so, like, conflicted. Ultimately, I decided to give it a three because I think just the questioning everything and really wrestling with it deserved that. And I could not go above that. I was like, I can't give it more than this. Yeah, I mean... And it may just be. I mean, the book was written seven, eight years ago. Maybe we've come that far in eight years that this starts feeling odd. I almost said tone deaf a little bit because it kind of feels that way a little bit to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that just might be my lens and my privilege and my own look at it. I don't know. If you've read it in the comments, like, feel free to rip us up because, like, maybe we just missed the book. Like, I mean, seriously, I felt like maybe I'm just not equipped to understand this. I think this book just, the traditional gender roles really pissed me off a lot because I don't like that. And I don't like that I was raised in a very traditional way and still those expectations are put on me. And I think that's why this book bothered me so much. While yes, I think all work should be valued, I don't think that we should be promoting, well, this is women's work instead of the idea that everybody can do this. Yeah. And I also don't think measuring it differently would fix the problem because that was part of what one of our principles, like if it was measured in value, the saying, and I'm like, that's treating the symptom, not the disease. You know, it's not treating the core issue. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you want to see it in real life, watch parents when they value babysitters. You know, if they, if you ever seen the math on what does somebody at home take care of the kids do and all the, all, they figured out per hour and all that. They figure out, oh, it's a hundred thousand dollar job, but then they pay the babysitter minimum wage. Like you know, like there's all these things around it, weird systems, the way we track things. That I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's something we need to struggle with and work through. Bottom line is, if you want to read it and fight with us, please go right ahead. I'm not really sure I'm going to get anywhere on it. I just got to apologize that it's not for me. Next book. Actually, I made Brie read this a little while ago when we were working together on some of the stuff with her and her wife, and she wanted to throw it at me. So it's a perfect match. That is The Gap in the Gain. We're going to talk about The Gap in the Gain as our next book and really how we look at the world and kind of challenge those folks who like struggle because they always wanted the gold star, which, by the way, I'm one of those. So, you know, Same. this might be, it might end up as a, a little bit of a therapy session for Brie and I. 
But uh, <laughs> this book, if you read it because it was part of book club and you hated it, blame break. Yeah. Full permission to yell at me. You could email me and tell me you know, how much you hate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a rating or review. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Follow Child Free Wealth on social media or email us at podcast at childfreewealth.com. If you're interested in working together, learn more by visiting our website, www.childfreewealth.com. We'll see you next time.